Please remain standing for the reading of the Word of God. Would you take your Bibles and turn to the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. Genesis in chapter 15 will be our responsive reading this morning. We'd like to read the first 15 verses of the chapter. Allow me to begin reading in verse number one. Now we read the succeeding odd numbered verses. And would you read with me, please, verses two, succeeding to verse 14, the even numbered verses, please. Once again, that's Genesis chapter 15. And verses 1 through 15, and reading responsively. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy great and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine error. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine error, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine error. And he brought him forth abroad, and said, Look now toward heaven, and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? And he said unto him, Take me an heifer of three years old, and a she-goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he took unto him all these and divided them in the midst and laid each piece of one another, but the birds divided he not. And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abram drove them away. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, and horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterwards shall they come out with great substance. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace, thou shalt be buried in a good old age. And may God have his blessing the reading of his word. Let's make our prayer. Now, Heavenly Father, in what I believe is our most important time of our week, the first day of the week, Lord, in the preaching of thy word, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. Lord, may we fear not, dear God, for thou art with us. You'll never leave us nor forsake us. Pray, Lord, that you bless in the preaching of thy word, bless for the children downstairs as well. May it be said by all those good to be in the house of the Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Our text verse is verse number one of our ch chapter here, chapter 15. We'll get to it in a moment, but we're in way of review. We've been on the subject of fearing the Lord, our theme for the first week of the year and for the entire year of 2022. And in 2022, let us now fear the Lord our God. We've looked at four messages thus far in regards to the subject of fear. We looked at the, uh, the, the first message I just referenced, of course, a couple of weeks ago we preached a message on Exodus chapter 3, I am the one to fear. We looked at the name of Jehovah God, I am, I am that I am, he said to Moses and to the Israelites, 
when uh, they were asked the question, or Moses asked the question, who, who shall I say, send me back to Egypt and to release the children of Israel, and he gave his name, his covenant name. And then we looked at a message last week entitled, What Gods Do I Fear? And we looked at the Exodus chapter 7 in regards to the first plague, and we said some people choose to, God, choose to fear the gods of their own choosing, their own idols and their own isms and so forth. Some choose to serve the gods of their daily living, just what, having food and water, they're happy with that, and food and drink. Some serve the gods of personal comfort and prosperity, but we serve the God of all. We serve the Lord of Lords and King of Kings and, and uh, the great I Am. This morning, our text verse, and we'll, we'll center around this first whole message this morning, verse, Genesis 15, verse number one. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, what's the next two words? Tell me out. Fear not, saying, or fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. The great I am of the universe tells his children in scripture to fear not 365 times, one time for each day of the year, of course. And God says, be, be, neither be you afraid, fear not, fear you not. And uh, Jesus told his disciples many times to don't fear. Here in Revelation, Genesis, Genesis chapter 15, rather, verse 1 is the first time we see this phrase, fear not. And there's something called in biblical studies called the law of first mention. Basically put, the first time you see a phrase or a word in scripture, all the way through the rest of the scripture, that you can tie back to that first, first, first time that you ever see the phrase, fear not. We've talked about what we should fear the last four weeks. This morning we want to talk about what we fear not. But the first time we ever find the word fear is found in Genesis 3. You need not turn there. You know the story well, I'm sure. But in Genesis 3... Adam and Eve, we see the fall of Adam and Eve. And uh, they heard the voice of the Lord God in the cool of the day. And the Bible says they ran and they hid themselves. Man's been running from God ever since, the garden. And run, uh, sin causes fear. And uh, man's been running from God. The Bible says the wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as the lion. Sin causes and fear causes us to hide. They hid themselves from the Lord God, and man's been hiding, and man's going to try to hide themselves. We'll look at Revelation 7 tonight. In the tribulation period, man will try to hide themselves from the face of God. It won't work. And fear causes us not only to flee, to hide, but to, it drives us to the dark. And drives us away from the, uh, the giver of light. And drives us into dark. And fear causes us to have doom and gloom. And we see this all in the first time we see fear and the, the damnation of the human race thanks to the fall of Adam and Eve, our, our first father, uh, our, our earthly fa father, of course. Here in our text, though, as we draw to chapter 15 of Genesis, in way of background, um, Abraham has just come off a great victory. Chapter 14, we'll look at it in detail here in a few minutes, sir, Lord willing. But he just brought a great victory with 318 of his servants against four kings. I've been to the land of Dan, or the northern, most northern portion of Israel today, above the Sea of Galilee, where the tribe of Dan was. It's a mountainous country. It's a beautiful country. And it's there that Abraham brought a great victory, and he rescued his nephew, Lot, and his family, and the people of Sodom. 
And we'll again look at it in a little bit more detail in a minute. But he had a great victory. And oftentimes after a great victory, like Elijah at Mount Carmel, there's exhaustion and discouragement and fear that sets in. Remember, Car- uh, remember Elijah. He took on the 450 prophets of Baal, had them all slain at Mount Carmel. I've stood where they think Mount Carmel is in Israel as well. And, uh, and then he runs and hides from a woman by the name of Jezebel for 40 days, and he requests to die. Remember the story. Here in our context of our chapter of Genesis 15, Abraham is evidently fearing the repercussions of killing four kings and killing, uh, slaying a number of people, thinking that maybe the, the other kings and kingdoms around were maybe hunting for him. And so God says some words to him. And, uh, and many, many times after a great victory, we can have, be from exhaustion, we can, uh, we can lose our faith after a great fight of, uh, of, in conquering. So this brings us to our text this morning. Again, verse number one, after these things, the word of the Lord came, notice that the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision. Aren't you glad that God spoke to you and spoke to you through your, the word of God, that he came to you and, and enlightened you? Brother David's talking about the word of God, how it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path in Sunday school, and how the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, but their foolishness unto him. But the word of God came to Abraham in a vision, and he understood it, and he, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he accepted it. And I want you to see what came to him. The very first words out of the Lord's mouth were these words. Fear not. Fear not, Abram. I want you to consider this, for, this morning, first of all, the, when we consider the first fear not in the Bible, consider the person making this promise. He's done no other but the Lord. Yahweh, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. We preached the whole message on this again three weeks ago, I guess it was now. The great I am. You know, promises have been said that the promise is only as good as the person making the promise. In Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 13, the Bible says, For when God made promise to Abram, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. And God, our, our promises are sure as the name of God. God is. He always has been. He always will be. He, he's very present time in help of trouble. And he says to Abraham, maybe he was under fear. He said to him, fear not, Abraham. And he's, he, he said that he's the one who, this person making this promise is the one who made heaven and earth. Think about that. Psalm 121 and verse 2. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. I remember as a kid, we used to sing the song in church camp. Uh, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got, you, he got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. Isaiah 40, verse 12, reminds us that, that he measures the water, the waters in the hollow of his hands. He spreads the stars out in the universe, the billions and trillions and quadrillions of stars out in the universe. Bible just says flippantly, in Gen- what seems flippantly in chapter 1 of Genesis, and he made the stars also. He's got the whole world in his hands. If you believe that this morning, say amen. amen. Now, if he's got the whole world in his so- hands, the song says he's got the whole world in his hands, but verse 2 says he's got you and me, brother, in his hands. He's got you and me, sister, in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. It reminds me of John chapter 10 and verse number, uh, verses 28 through 31, where Jesus said, 
in my, uh, and no, no man shall be able to pluck them out of my father's hands. And speaking about the sheep of God, the saints of God that were in the Christ's hands and were sealed by the Holy Spirit unto the day of redemption. So the person that, they, that said to Abraham, fear not, had him in the hollow of his hand. Where are you at this morning here? The, I should have my right hand up. He's, we're in the, the right hand of the God the Father, God the Son, and sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. He's got us wrapped up here. And the, the person making the promise is the one who made heaven and earth. The God who made heaven and earth is also the God who called Abraham out of his native land. Look at verse number 7 of our text, and we won't have time to look at 7 through about verse 13 in any detail, but I want you to notice that God called an old man, and we go back to, and I'm referring to an old man in this case, Abraham, at 75 years of age. He was in Ur of the Chaldees, what we know of today as modern-day Kuwait. And he called him from Ur of the the Chaldees up to Haran, what we know of today as modern-day Iraq, and about where Baghdad was, ancient Baghdad. And then from Haran down to the Promised Land, to the land that he was giving him. God called him out of the land and led him. We think he's 85 years of age, or 82, 83, 84, something like that, when we get to chapter 15. And God led him all the way. I think about the fact that the, the God, the the, the person making the promise is the one that holds heaven and earth in his hands. He holds you and I in his hands. And he directs our path. The Bible says, Trust the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And what? And he shall direct thy paths. We need to trust in the one that created the heavens and the earth. Abraham not only trusted the one, and the person making the promise was the one that created the heavens and the earth, but also... This is the one, the Lord, that came to him, the one that cannot lie. In Titus chapter 1 and verse number 2, the Bible says, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Two weeks ago, I believe it was, we, we, we chronicled, we asked the question, how long is eternity? And I won't go into the long expanded edition of uh, how long eternity is, but we uses the sparrow flying with one, one grain of sand to the moon, take a thousand years, and come back, take a thousand years to get back to. And by the time that sparrow deposited every grain of sand on all the beaches and all the shores of all throughout America and all the deserts and all the world, one minute of eternity has just begun. How long is it forever? It's, it's, to say it's mind-boggling is an understatement of the century, of course. And God says, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. The promise that comes of this fear not, it comes from the God who cannot lie. God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's, he, he, won't, he doesn't lie about that. He's the God that created heaven and earth. And then he's, we looked at this last week too as well, or two weeks ago maybe it was. He's the one, the, the person making this promise is the one who cannot, can do uh, anything but fail. In Jeremiah 31, in verse number 32, rather, in verse 17, And the Lord God, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made heaven and the earth by thy great power and thy stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. God promises, like he promised Abraham, we always think of these patriarchs as being great men of faith. Abraham was a man made just like us. He had problems too. 
God called him out as a, an idolater in, in chapter 12, uh, chapter 11, excuse me. Go back to chapter 12. I just want you to glance at the chapter regards to the one that cannot fail. The one that cannot fail, he delivers us even when trouble comes. He's, he's, he's holding on to us even in our trouble, even when we have self-inflicted trouble. In Genesis chapter 12, after Abraham journeys out of Ur, the Chaldees, not knowing where he should go, Hebrews 11 says, eventually he gets down to the promised land, and there, there's a great famine in the land, verse number 10 of chapter 12, and there was a famine in the land, and Abraham went down into Egypt to sojourn there. He lost his faith, and he went to Egypt. He had a beautiful wife named Sarah, and he told the story, and I paraphrase. He told Sarah, he says, you say that you're my sister, half-truth. He's half-sister, half half-wife, of course, a step-sister, and... Uh, he said, you say that I'm your sister and because you're beautiful and Pharaoh might take you. And that's exactly what happened. Pharaoh brought her into his harem but did not know her in a biblical sense, the Bible says, of course. And God revealed that to Pharaoh in the last half of this chapter, chapter 12. And it was Abraham's doing. You know, it reminds me that a lot of trouble that we have in our own life is our own doing. And uh, somebody said this way, a lot of baloney in our lives we make ourselves. And uh, Abraham uh, made a lot, of, a lot of bad choices in his life. And yet God, the God that cannot fail, even, even when we deny him, yet he abideth faithful, the Bible says. Even when we're, we're, we cause our own selves trouble, we're, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He's the God, he's the God of heaven and earth. He's the God that cannot lie. He's the God that will, can do anything but fail us. But then I want you to notice Secondly, back to our text verse in chapter 15, verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram. Notice the person making the promise. The Lord God Almighty, the great I Am, the ruler of heaven and earth, the, the one that cannot lie, the one that will never fail. He said, I am thy shield. Notice the protection covering this promise. I am thy shield. He was a shield to Abraham and he was a defense. He was a, a barrier from evil and no evil shall befall Abraham and, and, and uh, no la lasting evil for sure. And I think of Moses in Deuteronomy 33 and verse 29. He says, Happy art thou, O Israel, who is like unto thee, O people saved by the Lord, the shield of thy help. Remember Moses, maybe he was, as he was inspired by the Holy Spirit of God to write those words. Maybe he was thinking about at the same time of the deliverance of Israel from 430 years of bondage in Egypt. Now they went to the Red Sea and how they were pressed against the Red Sea. There was no place for them to go. And God dropped down a wall of fire and a cloud of darkness between them and the Egyptian superpower, the army that wanted to destroy them. And he was a shield, a defense unto them and took care of them. Uh, Brother McGee referenced, and he talks a lot about uh, Brother McGee, always loved, he loves our country, and he talks about uh, the fact that our country is uh, uh, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And the Lord's been good to America because we, we, at one time we, we used to put him first in our country. That's been a long time ago now. We've 
were apostated from the things of God right now, but God had his hand upon America, and I, America, we have a lot of problems. We all know that, and we have a multitude of problems. I don't even know if we have a country left to, to speak of uh, any, any longer, but God's been good to America like God was good to Israel, and God's protected America. Maybe his hand of protection is coming off it, but he's going to protect his children no matter what. And we're still in protection mode. And God put that wall, that shield up in front of the Egyptians. And where were they going to go? God opened the Red Sea. They all went through, maybe three million of them. And after they all got through, then God lifted the shield. And the Egyptians came through and came in and God wiped out the entire superpower of the, the, in one smooth swoop in one day. In, one, in minutes of time, the enemy was no more, of course. There's the shield of protection that Moses talked about with Israel. David had a shield of protection. Many verses in Psalms, at least 71 Psalms are ascribed to David. Psalm 33, 20 is one of them. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Psalm 84, 11 says these words. The Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Spurgeon said it this way, the Christian still finds, finds light and shelter in the Lord, his God. A sun for happy days and a shield for dangerous ones. I want you to know that God's with you in the happy days. He's with you in the sunshine. He's with you in the, the dangerous days. And God's, God's always with his people. He shields his people. You say, well, what about can't you, can't you die? And we're going to look at the martyrs of of the tribulation period in Revelation 7 tonight, Lord willing. And didn't God protect them? Yes, God did protect them, of course. And the greatest protection for the child of God is to, for to me to live, Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It's gain for the Christian. So even in death we win. And death is, has no victory over us. And so we see the protection covering this promise. Abraham, I am thy shield. I'm going to take care of you like I'll take care of Moses, like I'll take care of David. Then Solomon, I think of Solomon, and boy, he messed up a lot. He was the wisest man in all the world, and yet you think of how many times Solomon messed up. You read the book of the preacher, Ecclesiastes, you can see the mess, how Solomon messed up so many times. And, and yet he said these words in Proverbs 30, verse 5, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Thank God for the word of God. And uh, we can believe it, we can trust it, we can put our foundation on the firm foundation of the word of God and it's a shield it's a defense to us the song says standing on the promises that cannot fall or fail when the howling storms of doubt and fear assail by the living word of God I shall prevail standing on the promises of God so we have this protection we have the word of God it's a shield we have the the protection of God we have his shield in in uh in uh, his, his sunshine and beautiful days and his shield in cloudy days and days of struggle and days of darkness. We have his deliverance when all things like Moses' days and Israel's days when things could, uh, things, the enemy seems to be ready to pounce on us. He's our shield. He says, Abraham, I'm going to take care of you no matter what. And then like Paul, in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16, the Bible says, above all, taking the shield of faith, the armament of the Spirit, 
And we see the one defensive weapon, he says, don't forget anything, you forget something, don't forget the shield of faith. Above all, take the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Faith in God shields us from the attacks of Satan's. You are, you are saved by faith. And we, we, the Bible says, so let's walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by the shield of faith. If God before us, who can be against us? Abraham had to walk a whole life of faith. He's 85 at this point in time in Genesis 15. He's going to live to be 175. And uh, he's going to have to walk by faith. He's going to stumble along the way. He's going to get into trouble. But his God is going to be his shield and his defense and his protection. Well, thirdly, back to our text verse. I am the Lord. Uh, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying... We notice the person of making the promise, the Lord himself, the one who's the, made heaven and earth, the one who cannot lie, the one who cannot fail. We notice he said, I am thy shield. We see the protection covering his, this promise. But then we get to the last part of the verse, and it says, and thy exceeding, not just great reward, but an exceeding great reward. I love that. Now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we think or ask, consider the prospects resulting from this promise. The prospects resulting from this promise. God is good to his children. God is good to us all the time. Even when we don't see his goodness, God's good to us. Abraham, even though he was going to go through a great trial of affliction, even though evidently he was filled with fears because of the previous chapter that maybe he had second thoughts. Let me go back to chapter 14 for a moment and tell you the story. Look at verses 21 through 24 of chapter 14. Abraham, let me give you the context. He's gone into battle. He's, he's, the kings of Chedorlaomer and three other kings, they come against the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Lot is in the land of Sodom, of course, in the city of Sodom. And they carry away Lot and they carry away the women and the children and, and they plunder the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. They needed to be plundered, by the way, but Abraham hears it and Abraham mounts up his troops, 318, the Bible says. And they, they go after them in the, the mountains of Dan, the northern Israel. And we don't know how many hundreds, probably some theologians think it was, they were outnumbered several, several to one, 10 to one, 20 to one. But uh, they wrought a great victory, and Abraham brought back all the captured, all the people that were captured from Sodom and Gomorrah, and the king of Sodom wanted to give him a reward. And uh, he paid, he, Abraham was so blessed, he gave tithes of all he had to Melchizedek, this king of Salem, king of peace. We read about the mysterious one that we read about again in, in, uh, in Hebrews. But then we read about this king of Sodom, and we pick up the reading, verse 21. And the king of Sodom said unto Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. Uh, he said, just, just give me our people back, and you take all the bounty, you take all the riches yourself. But Abraham said unto him, verse number 22, said to the king of Sodom, I have lift up my hand unto the Lord, from whence cometh my help. He's saying, the one that, Jawa, the great, the person that uh, is, is making the promise that everything, he's going to take care of me. 
I lift up my hand to the Lord, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from thee a thread even a, to a shoe latchet, that I may not take anything that is thine, lest thou should say I have made Abraham rich. Save only or that which the young men have eaten, and the portion of the men which went with me, and then he names three men, Anner, Eskel, and Mamre, let them take their portion. He said, in other words, I'm not going to take anything from, from man. And folks, our help, our sustenance comes not from, from man, but from God. Our help comes from the Lord. I want you to notice the prospects resulting from this promise. First, the refusal of the bounty of men. Refusal of the bounty of men. You know, this world has a lot to offer. And I have to be careful here, but uh, there's incentives. If you go along with the government, go, government um, uh, mandates and so forth, there's, there's, there's riches and rewards to be had. But in the end, Abraham could have, could have uh, taken the, the, the spoil of, uh, of the king of Sodom, but he refused it. He said, I'm not going to take that. The songwriter said it this way, I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. I'd rather have Jesus than have riches untold. God is our sustenance. God is able to exceedingly abundantly above all that we think or ask take care of us. Our help, and this is where I have to be careful here, I don't have government help as far as my retirement is concerned. Uh, 36 years I haven't paid into Harvest Baptist Church, nor Marty Schott. I could have, but I didn't do it. I, we haven't, I haven't paid into Social Security. And, uh, I haven't, and uh, some people depend on government for, and I'm careful here, if you've got a pension or you've got uh, Social Security, I'm happy for you, of course. And, uh, but our help is not from man. Our help is from God Almighty. God will take care of us. In one way or another, God will take care of us. And he's a better guarantor than any government could ever be. And so the prospects, Abraham said to God, or God said to Abraham, the Lord said to Abraham, I'll, I'll take care of you. Don't rely on the bounty of men. But secondly, rely on the belief in God. The text first of Genesis 15 is verse number six. Notice what it says. Abraham said, let me do verses two through five, just in way of synopsis to get to the point. Abraham said, Lord had already given the, what we call the Abrahamic covenant. He said, I'm going to bless your seed above all. You will be able to number the stars of heaven. If you can number the stars of heaven, you can number your seed. You're going to have millions upon millions, an untold number of people that come from your loins. And Abraham said in verses 2 and 3, he says, you must be talking about my servant Eliezer of Damascus, that uh, uh, through his seed, or th he's my servant, I have had no children. God says, no, it's not going to be through uh, Eliezer. It's going to be just like I told you, through, through your seed. You're going to have a child. And the Bible says in verse number six, and he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. Two times in the New Testament, once in, Revelation, or once in Romans and once in, in Galatians, we see this verse reiterated and uh, also alluded to in Hebrews. And where the Lord said that Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. The question is asked, how are Old Testament saints, how were Old Testament saints or Old Testament people saved? And sometimes we simplistically put it, we say, well, we're saved by looking back to the cross, those New Testament saints. And the Old Testament saints looked, looked forward to the cross. 
We have to be careful when we say that type of stuff. I don't know how much of the cross, if any of the cross, that uh, Abraham saw. But Abraham believed afar off. He saw through a glass darkly. We see face to face. We have the whole canon of scriptures revealed to us, both the Old Testament and New Testament. But Abraham had to believe God. Remember, Ephesians 2.8 says this way, For by grace are you saved through what? Faith. Faith is the avenue. And of course, it's the finished work of Jesus Christ is the propitiation, to use a fancy theological word, for the, the atonement, the payment for our sins. But faith is the avenue. Faith is the key. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith is the victory that gives us eternal life and salvation in Christ. And so we see this First fear not, we see the person making this promise. He's the one who made heaven and earth. He's the one who cannot lie. He's the one that can do anything but fail. We see the protection covering this promise. He's our shield. And then we see the prospects resulting from this promise. He's our exceeding great reward. The world's not our reward. Where our security and our blessing doesn't come from this world. Our security and blessing comes from the Lord Almighty. Well, what's the takeaways? What do we see? We see four takeaways here this morning in regards to Abraham and this first of the first of 364 more fear nots in the scripture. The first one I believe that we can draw from our passage is this. God meets us. God met Abram in Ur of the Chaldees in a pagan country, an idolatrous land. He was an idolater by nature. God meets us where we are at. We sing the song in invitation, just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, O Lamb of God, I come. Jesus meets us right where we're at. And he offers us salvation. And John 6, 37, of course, the Bible says, Jesus said, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Jesus is offering salvation to all that come unto him. And all that come unto him, he will never cast out anyone. Whosoever will may come, and take of the water of life freely. Abraham was, uh, obeyed God. The Bible says he obeyed God back in Genesis chapter 11. And he let out, went out from Ur of the Chaldees, not knowing whether he should go, whether he went. He just trusted God. We're on a journey, we're on a faith journey. The final destination is eternity in heaven forever and ever and ever. But it starts with faith in Jesus Christ, faith, faith in salvation. And, and if we come to him, he will in no ways cast us out. Secondly, a second takeaway, God's promise of peace is to all who come to Jesus. God's promise of peace. Abraham was looking for peace in his life. And uh, he didn't get his peace by going after the kings of Chedorlaomer, and uh, uh, he was now nervous that maybe he uh, was going to be killed by other kings and that got the news out. His hope wasn't in this world. Folks, our hope, our peace cannot come from this world. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come unto me, all ye that are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hey, it's hard to be a Christian sometimes, but it's harder not to be a Christian. It's, it's tough to live for God sometimes, but it's tougher not to live for God. Uh, his burden is so light. His burden is, his yoke is easy. I'd rather be a Christian than anything else in this world here. 
and there's a peace. We have the Prince of Peace. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 27, he said to his disciples, he didn't want them to be troubled. In fact, two times, this is the night of his betrayal, he said, let not your heart be troubled. Psalm, John 14, verse 27, peace I leave with you, Jesus said. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I don't know what's going to happen in the end of 2022. I shudder to think, and I don't want to think this way, that 2022 could be worse than 2021, which is worse than 2020. I know this world is not any friend of grace, and things may get worse before they get better. In fact, they may get way, way worse. And the Lord says when he comes, will he find faith on the earth? But our peace is not found in this world. Our peace is found in the world to come. Our peace is found in the Prince of Peace. No Jesus, A-N-O, no peace, N-O. No Jesus, K-N-O-W, no peace. And K-N-O-W, no peace, the, the, the peace that passes understanding. And so the third takeaway, the second takeaway is God's promise of peace is to all that come to him, to come to Jesus. But thirdly, a third application or takeaway, God's protection is given to those who belong to him. Isaiah 41 and verse 10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Tonight in the evening message, we'll look at those 144,000 Jews that are going to be sealed in days ahead and be witnesses for Lord Jesus Christ. They're, they're, they're going to, they're, they're, they have the protection of God upon them. Oh, they're going to be martyred, we're going to find out. But uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord again. To, for me to live as Christ and to die is gain. And, and for the Christian, death has no sting. The victory comes in, ultimate victory comes in death, of course. But the protection that God offers only belongs to his people. His mercy endures forever for his people, but not for those that know not Christ. But then, fourthly, and we see this as we go through Abraham's life, that is the fourth takeaway. Abraham believed God and was counted unto him for righteousness. The Lord himself is the reward of those who believe in him. You see, Abraham is going to have that son Isaac. You know the story. And when Isaac is a teenage boy, evidently, maybe 18 years of age, God says, I want you to offer thy son, thine only son Isaac, on an altar. And you know the story how God's, uh, Abraham raised his knife and would plunge it into his son's bosom. And he said, Abraham, Abraham. God hath provided a, a lamb for thee as a sacrifice for thee. And the perfect sacrifice for our sins, of course, is Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord himself is our help. He's our, he's our reward himself. A.B. Simpson, the songwriter, the great preacher of days gone by, said, Once it was the blessing, now it is the Lord. Once it was the feeling, now it is his word. Once his gift I wanted, now the giver own. Once I sought for healing, now himself alone. The Bible says, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful grace, and the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You know, we've been looking for, and I, I myself included, many times we look for deliverance and help and peace in this world. 
Now, there'll be no peace in this world, folks. That's not where we look for our, our, our refuge, our shield. It doesn't come from this world, from our government, from our military, from our uh, 401k, from our retirement plan. Our government, or rather our, our help comes from above, from the Lord God Almighty, the protector and the, the, the one that is our shield, the one that is our exceeding great reward. And it's, uh, now was a blessing. First of all, it's a blessing. Now it is the Lord. We have the Lord. When we have the Lord, when we have the great I am, we have it all. When we have Jesus Christ as our Savior, the great I am. Let's bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word this morning. Lord Abraham, Lord, received a great reward. A great, his, his shield of defense was you, Lord, and he, his exceeding great reward is, is going on to this day, dear God, the, the posterity and the, the offspring of Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons, the song says. Lord, his sons had grandsons and sons and sons. And Lord, we are of the seed of Abraham in one sense, dear God. And Lord, we're, Lord, it pays to live for you. It pays, Lord, you'll never leave us nor forsake us. You're the great, great I am. And no wonder you say, fear not. For I'm with thee, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Lord, thank you for the rest we have in Christ Jesus alone, we pray. In our great I am, Jehovah Jesus. Lord, I pray you bless in our invitation this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you take your hymn book and turn, please, to 333, 330, or excuse me, 338 it is.